Welcome to season five of the Balanced Voice podcast. We're thrilled to be back with you this season with solution-focused episodes about many pressing public safety issues. This season, Renya is excited to welcome a dynamic co-host, Jennifer Holman. Jen is a Crime Stoppers of Houston board member who brings much enthusiasm and added expertise to every conversation. We're excited to begin our season with the first episode of a multi-part series on the fentanyl crisis in America. I looked under the sink and there was a, um, a scale. And I picked up the scale and I put it on the like table. To measure quantities. Yeah. To like measure quantities, yes. Yeah. And I remember, this is like one of the last vivid memories I have of this scene. I put it on the table and when I put it on the table, all the dust comes up. Oh my oh gosh. And I was like, I just thought in my head, oh, okay. And then I kept going about my business. So my memories are fuzzy, so I'm going to have to take from what other people have told me. Um, I walked around the table and I fell back into a dresser. And so my PPD at that time said, we got to go. And I don't remember this. I got on the radio, told dispatch I need an ambulance. Um, And we walked down the stairs and then we put all of the evidence in the back of our patrol car and it was a um, Ford Explorer, so it was all open. So it wasn't like putting in the trunk of a car. Yeah. Put it in the back of the patrol car, closed it, and then I sat in my front seat. And I think that continued the explosion. Deputy Leggett is a Texas peace officer working as a basic peace officer course counselor at the training academy. She holds certificates as a T-Cole instructor, firearm instructor, and alert active shooter instructor. We are excited to dive into our conversation with Deputy Leggett about what happened to her and the immediate action she took that saved her life. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Renya and Jen. Welcome to the Balanced Voice Podcast. We're thrilled to be here with our co-host this season, Jennifer Homan. Hi, Jen. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm so happy to have you. And we're so happy to be joined in person by with Deputy uh, Jessica Leggett. Welcome, Deputy. Hi. How are you? Good. Good. Okay. Guys, this topic, I'm going to tell you right now, of all the stuff we talk about, this is the one that I almost want to say scares me more than trafficking. And I don't know if I mean that fully, but we're going to be talking about fentanyl and fentanyl poisoning, um, how mainstream the drug is becoming. And and Deputy, you're with us for a very important reason. First of all, uh, you hold uh, certificates as a TCOL instructor, firearms instructor, alert, active shooter instructor. You teach a variety of courses. but for purposes of today, you have firsthand experience with fentanyl and fentanyl poisoning. I do. And so we want to hear your story in a minute. And then you've talked to us about just seeing it on the streets uh, and everywhere. But Jen, do you think I'm crazy that I'm scared? No. More afraid of this than... I know I can't compare them, but well, here's why I think you're afraid more than than trafficking because like with trafficking, we've now taught ourselves about like all the signs to look for. Like we feel like we have a plan. Like oh, if I see this with my kid or social media, this this one, it's almost like it feels like it's coming out of the blue. Yeah, and just like just gets up on you, and yes. there it is, and then it, but it's almost like fatality, and it right? is fatality, right? To, for you know, and this is what I think is concerning. So the cases we've looked at, uh, Sam Chapman, the the family that introduced me to the horrors of this topic when they lost their son Sammy, um, who allegedly purchased a fifteen cent pill off of Snapchat. I don't know if he thought it was Percocet or Xanax. The point is he wasn't a drug user. He wasn't what you think of when you think of like an opioid or fentanyl user. He was just a kid at home during COVID who was buying a pill online, which by the way, advertisements come to you all the time. And he took one and he died instantly. And that to me is horrifying. So 
can you like break it down for us? Like I'm I I want to make paint the picture of how how dangerous this is or how common it is. Well, I was going to add that I think part of why you're so afraid of it is we grew up knowing about cocaine and heroin and marijuana and um, even some of the like, I remember at one point there was a drug called like, the the nickname for it was like crocodile or something because it made your skin like look really bad after injecting it. Um, But I think this one is so scary because we know how potent like marijuana and cocaine and heroin, all of that is. And now you throw in this new drug that is used in medical facilities, but all right. of a sudden now it's on the streets and we know that it, the, the potency is like 800 times out of morphine. Mm-hmm. And so now it's like, oh, wow. So something that's actually used for us to help us if you get cancer or something like along it's prescribed those lines, for people. it could actually be prescribed for you. But now it's on the streets in the hands of folks that don't really care. Um, the the consequences of that. Right. And I think that's where some of that fear comes from. And you can get it anywhere. You can get anywhere. it easily. And you, as a young kid, don't know. I mean, now they're saying there's like Halloween candy looking fentanyl pills. That's Like you feel like it could be ter- laced on anything. Anything. It could be laced on weed. It could be laced on pills. It could be like... Like somebody gives you a Tic Tac at school. Right. I'm like, could that have fentanyl in it? Like, I'm like, it's scary. It is. Well, and then there's some of these things, people, we use like the things on our mom groups or whatever. They said, don't touch your handle while you're in the grocery, you know, when you're in the parking lot of the grocery store, it could have fentanyl on it or a piece of paper. And you're like, so you're at the end, the, the fact that you're not educated about really how it can get to you or your family, your people. So I'll say some of that, I think is sometimes just a scare tactic. Mm. Um, you do need to be cautious. You need to like, if there's something that looks funny on your car and you're like, that wasn't on my car handle whenever I arrived at the grocery store, right? Right. So you really need to be aware of your surroundings and the everyday items that you you use or you touch or um, those types of things. But fentanyl is a money maker. And so not a lot of these guys that have the fentanyl and that are cutting them with drugs or just selling the pills or anything like that, they're not going to just go waste their money and put them on on your door handle unless it's for something like because trafficking. you're not paying for it there's not a you're transaction not, there's no money. transaction right yeah. so even the, though it's like 15 cents to 15 cents a pill i don't understand where the how they're making their money and then the mass the mass, the mass. yeah but what if they're killing off their population that i think with the killing off of a it's unintentional and then b it doesn't happen as much so it's a crisis it's yeah. happening a ton but the amount of people that are taking it, it's a very small percentage. So this is what I was thinking as well. Right? So we're, we're like, oh, it's killing off the population. Well, it's actually killing off the population we just, we discussed, is that it's new to, right? Right. My conversation this weekend with a, with a survivor of sex trafficking, she said, well, first of all, it can be prescribed for you. Fentanyl. Like, oh, fentanyl. Right. can be prescribed. I didn't really know that. Mm-hmm. The second thing she says, who it's killing is the people that haven't been addicted to other things. Like when you build up a tolerance if by doing opiates or other drugs, you build up a tolerance to fentanyl. And so when they're, most of the, the, the addicted community is taking it, they're not dying. But but then what, what we're seeing is the novices yeah, get the it. The everyday and kid. The everyday kid that's, that's not looking to, right. it's not an active drug user Correct. looking for their next hit. Thank you to our season five sponsor, Fliplock, for making this episode possible. Fliplock was created as a nationwide, straightforward solution to protect your people, whether it be in universities, dorms, daycares, hospitals, or even government buildings. We're proud to have such a strong and like-minded sponsor this season. Check out Fliplock at fliplock.com. That's F-L-I-P-L-O-K.com. 
It's probably just a introduction, like, oh, all my friends are partying. This is what they're taking. Let me see what this is all about. And they don't know what they're taking. They like in Sam, Sammy's case, he didn't know. He was thought he was taking a Percocet or, a, you know, an Ativan. But I want to just read this number. In 2021, 77% of all teen overdose dose deaths involved fentanyl. That's a very high number. But I, I, And then what happened to you? Because you you actually ingested fentanyl. You needed to be given Narcan. Tell us what happened. So I got a call for service at a hotel, and it was basically a room that um, the tenants had been gone for a few days, and and it was a long-term um, hotel. So the cleaning staff went in to try to clean the room and noticed a bunch of drug paraphernalia, and so she stepped out and she called us. So I actually had a PPD at the time, which is a probationary um, patrol deputy, so I was training her. Um, and I remember the call slip said, you know, the possible drugs in there and fentanyl. We'd learned all about fentanyl. We carried our Narcan in our pockets every day. Um, and honestly, a side note, kind of funny, but not. I w had never used my Narcan mm -hmm. until that day. And I was like, I'm so tired of carrying it. It's just real bulky in my pockets. You got so much gear on. You get tired of putting stuff in your pockets every day because it just gets uncomfortable. Just because that's really important to me. We were talking about this. Narcan now has become a tool on your belt. Yes. Like the other essential things that you have to carry to be a police officer. That's yes. crazy. That that should tell parents that your awareness and your heightened of awareness should just astronomically go up. Mm -hmm. Because now it is almost essential for you to carry it on your belt. Yes. Okay. So I was considering literally up to that week, I was like, maybe I'll just stop carrying this. I never use it. I'm never going to have to use this. Why am I carrying it? Um, and I just kept putting it in my pocket and kept putting it in my pocket and kept putting it. I'm like, I'll do it tomorrow. I won't carry it tomorrow. And then lo and behold, on this day, I needed it. And so we get to the um, hotel and I tell my PPD, I was like, hey, just remember Narcan, you know, make sure you wear gloves. Um, if you start feeling funny, let me know. We'll get out. All of that. So I, it was in my head. Like I was aware of mm. the, the possibility of what was going to happen. We walk in and we're searching the hotel room and there's drug paraphernalia everywhere. And so I'm like, okay, well, what are we, what else are we going to find? Well, I, we'd been in there about 15 minutes and it was really hot. This is in June. Mm. Um, none of the hotel windows opened, of course, because yeah. it's like the third floor of a hotel. And, um, I hate that by the way, yes. the hotel windows need to open. Yes. <laughs> Side <And then> note. <laughs> the AC wasn't working. So it was just, it was real hot. It was real stuffy. And I looked underneath the sink because it was a long, long-term stay hotel and looked under the sink and there was a, um, a scale and I picked up the scale and I put it on the it's table. To measure quantities. It's yeah. To measure it's quantities. Wet, yes. Yeah. And I remember this is like one of the last vivid memories I have of this scene. I put it on the table and I put it on the table, all the dust comes up. Oh my oh gosh. And I was like, I just thought in my head, oh, okay. And then I kept going about my business. And from here, I don't remember a lot. So um, you just literally inhaled the dust. Yes. And I walked around the How table. How far away, Jessica? Just, a, just, just as if I were like standing here and I just put it on the table here. So, it was so maybe like two maybe feet. Two feet. Okay. Yes. And so my memories are fuzzy. So I'm going to have to take from what other people have told me. Um, I walked around the table and I fell back into a dresser. And so my PPD at that time said, we got to go. And I was trying to keep the integrity of my scene. So I didn't want to leave a bunch of evidence upstairs. And so I'm like, okay, we got to take our stuff. So we're all the stuff we had already, all the, the evidence, the drug paraphernalia, um, we had had a couple of weapons that we found in there. We were going to take them down to our patrol car. So I saw my gloves on, but I didn't put a mask on. 
and um, starting to walk down the hallway and I thought to call my sergeant. So I called my sergeant and I was like, hey, Sarge, um, we're at this hotel, you know the call we're on, I'm not feeling good. And he said, you need to get off the phone now and you need to tell dispatch you need ambulances. I was like, okay, so, and I don't remember this. I got on the radio, told dispatch I need an ambulance. Um, and we walked down the stairs and then we put all of the evidence in the back of our patrol car and it was a um, Ford Explorer, so it was all open. Oh. So it wasn't like putting it in the trunk of a car. Yeah. So put it in the back of the patrol car, closed it, and then I sat in my front seat. And I think that continued the exposure. Mm. Um, so I You were the only one in the front seat, not yours. She, she came around and she sat in hers. I closed my door, she kept hers open. Yeah. Um, and so I think uh, that is a more of like, she had a little bit more ventilation than I did. And um, I do remember pulling out my Narcan from my pocket and I told her to do the same. And I, it's super easy to use. Like you, you get taught how to use it. It's literally just a um, compressing, just part of a plastic thing. And, and then it expels into your nose. And I did it wrong. And I sprayed it in the air and I was like, oh. And so she gave me a second one and she administered it. Um, and then I just sat there. And then eventually, like in my head, I'm like, I need someone here. And I hear everyone yelling on the radio, like they're trying to get to us quickly. And the first deputy that gets there, and I remember part of this, but I don't remember all of it because he, the story he tells was totally different. I remember he get, gets there and he's like, he opens my door. He's like, hey, you good? You good? And I had a conversation with him. Mm-hmm. In my head, I had a full blown conversation with him. Right. But in reality, in reality, he said he got really scared and then he gets on the radio and he starts screaming. And that scared me because this is like one of the most level headed deputies that I'd worked with. Wow. Yeah. And he's on the radio screaming. Um, and so he gets me out of the patrol car. He takes my vest off um, and then he's yelling at EMS to actually move up because in scenes, EMS won't move up if they don't know what's going on. So if it's still dangerous, it's yeah, they, they stage a little ways away. So mm-hmm. he was able to get them up there. Um EMS was able to get an IV started. They provided more Narcan. Um, and then I got transported to the hospital. I was there for like six hours. Wow. So, so is it just, just the, the just... inhalation? or But it, can it also be touched? It can. It can be touched. And so we were wearing gloves. Um, and so that helped with the, um, the transmission so ingestion, not going. inhalation, or touch. Or touch, yes. So wow. the gloves helped. And that was why, like... Because I was trying to think safety, right? I didn't, you know, my PPD is 100% my responsibility. I didn't want anything to happen to her. And I'm like, hey, so I knew I knew the ropes and she didn't. So I'm like, hey, put your gloves on. But I was. Do you normally not... wear a mask? At the time, no. Oh, at the time. At the no. time, no. Because okay. it was before COVID. Now yeah. COVID masks are everywhere, everywhere right? Everywhere, right. right. We didn't carry masks in our car. Yeah. I didn't have a so mask So you in my think car. just inhalation, I mean, we know just inhaling it caused that type of reaction. If you were to actually ingest an, a pill, mm-hmm. having no history of taking these drugs, you don't stand a chance. But right. Narcan will help. Narcan does help. Yes. If you get it in your system within those first like five minutes, you're, you're pretty good. So are schools, so now y'all are carrying Narcan, right? It's one of the essential tools that you have. Do schools have them too? So... For schools, I'm not sure. Um, I know school resource officers have them, and most schools have school resource officers. So all your officers are carrying Narcan now. Um, and if there are school districts that aren't carrying Narcan for their um, school resource officers, that's probably something that will start soon because yeah. it's such a pandemic right now. But um, it'll definitely start soon. So I think for schools, if if they're 
if they want more coverage, right, more than just the school resource officer, because sometimes it might take a little bit for a school resource officer if they're dealing with something else. Right. Um, then you have maybe you train some teachers mm -hmm. or the nurse, the school nurse. Right. Um, but it's like whenever we do these, I think of the person listening to us. And I'm always thinking mm -hmm. of like the everyday person who's like, that's terrible, but it has nothing to do with, with us. And I'll just share uh Texas governor said there's an 800% increase in fentanyl reported uh, coming across Texas border. Uh, DPS seized over 336.3 million lethal doses of fentanyl during its uh, border mission called Operation Lone Star Bust. We know that social media companies, um, I don't want to say claim, but are working to combat the sale of pills that are that very well can be laced with fentanyl, they're working to combat the sale of those pills online. But the reality is there have been many studies where people create fake accounts, 13, 14, 15 years old, um, and these fake accounts, these bot accounts are buying and being marketed to um, pills, you know, pill parties and other things. So this as her and you're going to think like well i'm never going to be in a hotel where it's extended stay and there's a drug dealer i'm never going to be the drug dealer i'm never going to be buying drugs that's i i'm with you but the reason this is so mm. terrifying is every one of our kids is going to be on social media every one of our kids could be at a gathering homecoming just a friday night or weekend where somebody's saying here you need a tylenol or you want a percocet or you want to try ativan and the lethal Adderall? dose is what, like two, two grains of, of salt. Of salt. So, it could, so literally two grains of salt. Think about when you're having, like this weekend, we had people over for my sons had had friends over, and you can see if they're bringing in alcohol. You can see if, or you smell. You know, if you have somebody, the kids are, if kids have weed. You. This is like a silent killer. Yeah. Literally, it's so small you can't even see that a child has it in their possession. You can't smell it. It's. And you That's can why buy it. it, the hell out of you. it you, like when you look at the story that you know started this for me, Sam Chapman and Lo Dr. Laura Berman. It was fifteen cents, and you can like Venmo, Zelle. You can use any um, of the encrypted social um, text messaging apps, apps, WhatsApp, you know, private messenger to coordinate pickup. It's everywhere. Yeah. I think the stigma for fentanyl isn't there yet. So yes. as adults, right, we know like fentanyl is very dangerous. But as a for a teenage mind, they have not understood and they've not really had the life experience to gather the knowledge that fentanyl will kill them. Or they that it's invincible. even in there. Right. When you see a, well, a, a series of pills on Snapchat, mm -hmm. you're not thinking the Tylenol really has fentanyl in it. Right. And some of them do, though. Some of them know. Some mm -hmm. of them know that it's fentanyl. Um, but the stigma is alcohol, right? It's, yeah. it's easier to hide than alcohol. Mm -hmm. um, if they're wanting a really good high... Um, they don't want to inject the the heroin because that's that's a stigma, right? Yes. Because now you've got track marks, um, and so you take all of that out. Now it's just an easy pill, and they're not thinking about the consequences because they're not aware 100% of the consequences. You remember being a teenager; you were invincible. Mm -hmm. Nothing was going to touch you, and that's right. never going to happen to me. And I think that's some where some of that danger is coming from. You know, so I have two sons, and so when my oldest, you know. Your children, some of them sometimes go through experimentation, right? And so I remember having this conversation. I'm a real, like, real parent. Like, let's just let's just talk this shit out. Let's. This is what we're gonna and like, you know, be real, very authentic and realistic about my conversations with them. And so I I asked one time. I was like, what is it that you're seeking? Like, what makes you curious about this? 
And he goes, I just want to see what it feels like. Because you never think that. Like you think when somebody's going to do a drug or weed or cocaine or whatever or alcohol, it's like, it's almost like you don't understand the reason behind why Mm. they're doing it. Mike had said, I'm just curious about how it feels, right? So that brought it like to a, how does it feel, Jessica? Horrible. What did you feel like? Like, It was awful. I I don't remember half of that night. Um, And I, the days after from the Narcan, I was sick. So the Narcan, although it it absolutely saves you, um, it tears you up too. Like my stomach just wasn't right. I I struggled to eat um, because it just didn't sit right. Water hurt. Like it just, Mm. it didn't feel good. Um, So that's why people don't want to come down. Right. Right. They, they, I don't know how, (laughs) I have no idea how, but they love that feeling for whatever reason they've gotten to a point. They're trying to numb, probably trying to numb something from their past Mm. that keeps, you know, those demons in their head. So that does that. And yeah, I I didn't enjoy the feeling. Do you feel like you're light or flighty? Do you feel like you're in like a twilight zone? You kind of float. It's, it's kind of like, I don't know how I got. I know I took an elevator, but I don't remember walking. Wow. So it's very, okay. you float. You float. You float. And I guess if you're trying to disappear and, and numb all of the hurt and pain that your life has experienced, maybe. Maybe that's why that's... So tell me where. You've seen it on the street. You've now seen it at a hotel, obviously, where they had some, you know, crazy things going on in that hotel. But you're also seeing it in suburbia. Yes. So tell us about that. So just regular calls for service at homes in nice neighborhoods. Um, And you've got, and I've seen mostly men, Mm. um, but you've got young men and women that are just completely laid out. And when I've arrived, usually EMS is already there and they're administering the Narcan and they're doing the sternum rub, trying to get them to wake up. Um, And it's, it's, it's everywhere. It's in front of your restaurants that you go to. It's in your schools, it's in your churches. And people are like, oh, no, church is the safe space, right? But even in churches, it, it's brought into the churches a lot of times by the teenage kids that are selling it. But it's it's you're not safe at church either because mm-hmm. you still have to be concerned about what's actual, what transactions are actually happening. Um, it is absolutely everywhere. We've been talking a lot about the life-saving resource of Narcan. If you uh, go to the link below, you can email Crime Stoppers and we have a limited supply. We'll send it to you for free. And how are the kids, like, where are they getting it? Snapchat. Um, So they're buying, like, in bulk. Social media, in bulk, right? And then you also just have your your regular teenage drug dealers as well. And so your nice, like, suburban kids that you would never consider to be the ones to buy it. Yeah. They go to the guys that they know are drug dealers, and then they're able to get it for them. And with everything being like GPS tracking, you know, you can do Snap Map, you can do Find My Friend. Every all these kids, all of our kids, are sharing their location in real time all the time. So it makes it easier for a dealer that's connected with them online to say, "Look, I know I'm like five minutes from you. I can see where you right. are. Mm-hmm. I'll and meet there's, you." There's a bulk of twenty of you together. Yeah, actually, mm-hmm. yeah. I'll bring stuff. Just one of you walk outside. I'll, I'm actually on my way there. It's going to be five dollars. Whatever it's going to be, doesn't matter. It, they're they're very persistent and they're making it easy and these kids as you're saying they're invincible they don't they're like yeah I'll try it why not and that's one of the for me one of the most important things for parents is although it's not going to stop everything right but you're you're 
you're responsible for raising these children. And whenever you provide them with a cell phone, go through that cell phone. I know, they're not the old enough thing. to make the decisions to keep themselves safe. And although they're not going to like it and you're not going to be their best friend when you do it, check what, what social media apps they have. Um, Snapchat is probably one of the worst yeah. um, social media apps you can have because everything disappears. It's easy to track you, although Instagram now tracks you as well, right? You can keep your location up on oh, Instagram. Yeah, and yeah. it makes me crazy. It. Yeah, and so for parents, you absolutely have to go and check your kids' phones. They don't like it. You're not going to like it because you're, you're feeling like you're invading their privacy, but until they're adult at 18, they don't really have privacy. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. You, it is your responsibility to go in there, check the phone. And you know what? If you're going to let them keep their Snapchat app, chat, Snapchat I'm so app, against Snapchat the map. App. I'm so against turn it. I think they their, should be in ghost mode. Yes, turn off your location. Yeah, yeah. Turn off your location be. on your phone 100%, except yeah. for maybe the 360 so mom and dad right. can track you. Right, yeah. So you, I mean, how come you were exposed that one time, but you're not like, craving <laughs> you know like how come it's addictive for some the first time it wasn't it's not addictive for others um i think personality traits sometimes not even personality but some people have addictive personalities yeah right? or it's a chemical They're reaction right a chemical reaction right um but some people like absolutely crave adrenaline and i can't say much because my job is very adrenaline filled right? right so some people just absolutely crave adrenaline some people you know they take one sip in the bottle and they can That's never it. put it down yeah uh, and so sometimes it's just for whatever reason, it's just innate in them to be very addictive to whatever may come around. Mm -hmm. um, some of them really like the feeling. I honestly believe a lot of times it's pain and trauma that they're trying from to something else. Okay. They just want to be numb. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. They just want to be numb. And they haven't found a healthy co coping mechanism to work through that pain and trauma. And so instead they turn to what's easy. And I think right. that's where a lot of the addiction but starts. This is a lot about kids though too, right? So, so then... This is again where mental health yeah. comes into play with your own children, where you you have to be addressing their the stability of their own mental health so that they don't have a propensity when they find something like this to continue either either to start or continue an addiction. Like so, this. what does that really mean when you break it down? It's observing your kids, knowing your kids, recognizing uh, phases that are very normal within within adolescence versus signs of mental health distress, that's and right. I think that's a big key um i've been fascinated on sort of looking at how parents deal with children through their phases and what we label versus what we recognize is just you know an adolescent change versus what's real distress in a kid that's crying out um and also keep the line of communication open mm -hmm. because if the kid doesn't feel like they can come talk to mom or dad about something that's really stressful in their life or Dad, I made a mistake and I took a pill. Yeah. And now it's all I want, it's all I think about it. Can you help me? Yeah. Well, but if you don't have that open line of communication, they're never going to come to you. And the flip side is like some of these accidental poisoning cases, because they're not kids who like had an over, I mean, they, they were killed, really. They were poisoned and killed. Mm -hmm. They wanted to try Adderall. Mm -hmm. So, like, for, do you have a relationship with your kids who'd be like, Mom, I wanted, I'm curious to try Xanax? And I saw an ad on Snapchat. I've never had that conversation. I've had the conversation about the. I mean, that's pretty drugs. specific. If you yeah. had that conversation, yeah, I'd be I'd pretty be like, surprised. Well, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, <laughs> how do we some. get our kids to tell us <laughs> yeah. everything? I mean, it's very hard. I, this is why I believe in a champion. I believe in your, uh, children champions. So I believe that somebody that's cool, hip, because they don't. Do you want me to be that person in your kid's life? Absolutely. I mean, I'm. I'm, I'm would you do that? Yes. I mean, you're pretty. Yeah. Sign me up. I know. Very hip. 
You want to do that for the girls? Yes, actually. <laughs> They'll you. be swearing, though. I all know, this. I, I, <laughs> Mom, <laughs> Jen, my, my champion told me. But <laughs> I believe, because someone that they think is hip or with more with it than you are, because they always think you're old and out of, you know, style or whatever, that could, they could have that honest conversation. Mm-hmm. And that person will yeah. break their confidence unless there is something that's going to hurt their life, yeah, right? Yeah. If it's going to be dangerous. Yeah, I have those conversations. I don't have children, yeah. but I have those conversations. Can I give you two? I know. <laughs> Do you go into schools, though? Do you talk to kids? Like, I have How do you guys time. translate this in, in the, with the lower or younger generation? Um, at one time, I went to my nephew's school. He wanted me to come and write, like, yeah. come on, Aunt Jessica, and um, speak to his class. And so you could him. be his champion because he thinks you're cool. So that's what I was going to say is I have that conversation with him. Yeah. I'm like, Camden, come to me. Like, mm. I will not go to your mom and dad unless I feel like your life's in danger. Right. Unless I feel like there's absolutely nowhere else for me to turn to save you. Yeah. Everything stays with me. And I've had those conversations with him and and he's come to me and I've kept my word that at this point, nothing he has ever said to me is something that I feel like I need to go and talk to his parents. And you have to build that trust you too. Do. Like I'm a champion for multiple girls and, so, or, and boys and, and you have to build the trust. Like you have to let them tell you something that they think they would get massive trouble with. Yeah. And then be like, okay, Dad, don't tell your parents that. You know what right. I mean? You have to like play it's that. It's years of conversation and it's years of opening up that conversation. Yeah. Hey, do you have anything you want to talk to me about that you're scared to talk to someone else about? Yeah. And and that's that's all it is. But it's also important that that champion, I like that word, that champion is someone that the parents trust. Yeah, agreed. And won't just be the cool person that's right. in the kid's life. This conversation is so important, and I'm so thankful to you for coming and sharing your story and joining thankful us. Thankful she's alive. Thank God. I mean, Same. <laughs> I'm, so am I. Yeah. You've never had that happen again, though. No. Like the- so I got off patrol about um, a year after that. Okay. And I, I went to training. So. Okay. Well, we're always That's thankful. So scary. It's very scary. I can't even imagine the situations you walked into and what you've seen so far over the course of your career and what, you know, you will still see. And so we thank you so much for your service and all you do. Thank you. We have to have more conversations on this topic because it's a big one. And so we'll have more coming up this season uh, on the Balanced Voice podcast. But for now, follow us, subscribe, rate us, and share your ideas for future episodes. Until next time, take care, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to today's Balanced Conversation. You can find real solutions and tangible resources in our show notes at thebalancevoicepodcast.com. To join the conversation, follow us on Instagram at thebalancevoicepodcast and on Twitter at balancevoice underscore. Stay up to date on Runya's work by following her at the Runya Report. And we can't wait to see you next week for another Balanced Conversation.